It's the hour. I'm Jason. And I'm Jeff. On today's episode... Children of Men is the latest dystopian sci-fi film to be adapted to real life in 2020. A capitalist and a socialist walk into a hotel bar and come out with a really shitty idea. Great. Now we can look forward to Disney's Moana slash Pocahontas crossover sequel. A San Francisco feral screaming peacock... Wait, is that homophobic? Or is it homoerotic? <laughs> it could be both. Cops get a two-for-one special, but no free shipping. I'm not buying it for no free shipping. <laughs> and Michigan made national news after 48 people have been infected after attending a party right next door in Celine. In addition to another outbreak linked to a 4th of July party at Torch Lake. Oh, I heard they were all congregating on a sandbar in the lake. Uh, and the lake uh, whose original Chippewa name is Lake Joanna Corona. <laughs> I don't like beer. Uh, how many anchors <laughs> on these news broadcasts do you think pronounced it saline? Uh, well, I'm from Milan, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> but you're from from Ypsilanti. That's true. We just yip away. <laughs> uh, well, this is what happens, though, when the corn tingles take over. Oh, that's true. People got to get out and start mm. tingling together. The corn <laughs> tingles are real, my friends. They are real. I mean, corn tingles, of course. Uh, if this was an 80s sitcom, we would say uh, when you get frisky mm. <laughs> when you're at home by yourself. Righteous, righteous. I'm, feel, I'm feeling whis- uh, whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling whiskey. You're feeling whiskey? <laughs> I mean, that seems common. Yeah, true story. Okay, That's by the way, time. before we like really get started, because mm. we never actually really get started, but before we get started, uh, I have to say an hour from now, an hour from now, we so, get to our first story. We uh, one of our most popular episodes as of right now is an episode that we entitled the Moth Radio Hour, and I think <laughs> that people are searching for the Moth Radio Hour on the put their podcast app, and they're thinking they're getting that that radio show that's on NPR where they people go on and they tell stories on a stage, um, and it's a very good show. I like it a lot. Um, but what we meant by that yeah, is. We talked about moths for an we hour. Did. We did. <laughs> and that's what we meant. So I like to go on record by saying we didn't mean to steal any of their listeners. I'm sure as soon as they heard what the show was, they turned it off immediately. And that definitely won't happen again. I mean, this episode we're going to title This American Life because we're going to talk about American Life <laughs> on this July 17th, 2020. Right. It's perfect. Or we should call it like Serial. Yeah, we're gonna we, talk about Lucky Charms. We'll talk about like Kellogg's or something. So, if if you we'll we'll get to this in a second uh, um, officially. But if you if you're listening now because you picked us up because you thought it was the Moth Radio Hour, but you still liked us, please send us an email at thehourpod at gmail dot com. I'd like to hear your opinions on the show because mostly can, it's like people people are listening because they're friends or they know us or whatever. Yeah, but I'd like to know if you if you don't know us. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know us, let us know. We'd <laughs> yeah. like to know you. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're like, no, we've heard you. We don't want you to know yeah. us. I'm not going to give you my email address. Come on. We're like people who don't want people to know that they're voting for Trump. Like, like <laughs> yeah, I listen to that, but I don't want people to know us. Ugh, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my kids don't like that I voted for Trump, but whatever. <laughs> so, Jason, how was your week, sir? Oh, you know, sir, my friend. Yes. It's been uh, a busy my old pal. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the week. I had to drive all the way out to my school to uh, hand over. So we've got Chromebooks that we keep in our room, and they go into a like a Chromebook locker kind I'm of sorry, thing. Did you say Corona books? 
Yes, Corona Book. Okay. Uh, and they go into a locker thing, and we all have a lock, and it's the same lock, so all of our keys will open any other lock that is on these things. So well, that's Yeah. Well, my students are such peaches that somehow they broke my lock <laughs> and it can no longer unlock. I believe they put glue or something in it. <laughs> because, of course. Because uh, they're so such had, jerks. They are. <laughs> uh, so I had to throw away my lock and I asked for a new lock. I never got a new lock, but I had a lock in my, my drawer. That came with the desk. Right. And so I was like, well, I'll use this temporarily until I get a new lock because I asked for one and I still haven't got one. And so I locked them up with that. And so then they need to get to those Chromebooks, but they don't have a key because I'm on a different lock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I drive up and give them the key so they could get in there. Uh, and that feels like it was about a year and a half ago, which is like 15 minutes in Corona time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we did the i did the grocery shopping this week went out and did the thing i'm starting to get a little uncomfortable because i felt it seemed like stock was low oh yeah and so i i went to costco and you know when you go to these warehouse stores they've got like the giant racks that go like 20 feet up and they keep pallets of all the extra stuff above you so they right. can like you know, get the forklift down and bring them down when they run out of, you know, the pallet of Pop-Tarts or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. A lot of those were empty. Huh. Like, I could see the ceiling in ways that I'm not used to. And, and that made and you uncomfortable. I, well, then I went to Kroger. And a lot of the, the stuff, like, they're definitely spreading it out to make it look more full than it is. Do you think so we're going to run out of food? I'm, of corona? I'm, worried there are, I'm worried there are supply chain issues that haven't quite hit us yet mm. or that may become a problem. Right. Could be a lag thing. Maybe it's just they their shipments come on Thursdays and I went on Wednesday or whatever fuck day. And so maybe it was that. I don't know. But it made me feel a little bit nervous. And so I may have stocked up a little bit more than usual. Interesting. Because Interesting. I was like, mm, well, if this is going to be a problem, I'm going to have some stuff for a bit so i feel like i'm good for at least six to eight weeks yeah if I could shopping again like I've my heard... daughter it's because we didn't we wouldn't have fresh fruit but oh yeah she would survive she'd survive you could buy canned fruit and stuff yeah she doesn't like that and she doesn't it's not great but it's not terrible no she wants she wants strawberries and though we did go blueberry picking last week mm -hmm. uh right down the street from my grandma there's this like small farm they just started doing it and they grown like they have like five six seven rows of uh, blueberry bushes hmm. and so my wife saw them on facebook and this is the first year that they've kind of advertised like started a facebook thing like oh you pick oh. blueberries yeah. uh, and we went and we picked like tons of fucking blueberries it was reasonably priced we went through those blueberries so fast they are <laughs> they are all gone we probably had like eight pounds of blueberries i love the the you pick I think I've talked about this on the show before. I love the you pick um, model because it's like <laughs> it, it should instead of you pick, it should say pick it yourself. <laughs> We're not picking it; you pick it. <laughs> yep. So, so that was good. We we've been doing. I, I believe I've talked about previously that we're doing some home renovation projects. Yep. And this week, I 
Oh, so mad. So Uh-oh. we we're doing we're redoing a bathroom. Lay it on us, Jason. I, I mentioned that it was the only bathroom in the house that had l- linoleum. The rest are tiled. And so we're like, we're going to update it so it's tiled and matches the rest of the house, blah, blah, blah. So when we put it down, there was something like by the time we got to the end of the mortar, it was starting to dry out. So we had one tile that didn't really set right. So like you step on it and it popped up. Oh, okay, Yeah. So I had to chisel out all that mortar. Oh, shit. Really? And and I had to reapply. And so I went to to your home improvement stores and I picked up a a little can of like tile repair shit. So like when you have the situation, because I don't want to buy an entire thing of mortar for one tile. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So so I got the stuff. I put it down. It wasn't great to work with, but it it did the job. Well, then the tile next to it, we realized, had the same problem. Uh oh. And this was a uh, so we got the tile that kind of looks like uh, wood, right? Wood planks. So they're different size. The first one was a very small tile because we'd cut it and whatever. The next one was a much larger tile. By the way, what a marvel of technology that is! Ceramic <laughs> tiles that look like wood. So instead of making something like, because normally uh, you make things cheaper to look like the thing that it is, right? So mm-hmm. like, oh, wood floor, like you don't want a wood floor in a bathroom, so you put linoleum or vinyl or whatever because mm-hmm. it's cheaper and it's more durable. No, they went <laughs> ceramic. Porcelain. I love it. Porcelain. Porcelain I tile. love it. So so I chipped that all up. I put the stuff down. A week later, it's been a week, it still hasn't dried. Mm-mm. I still step on it and it pops right up. So I scrape it all up. Yeah which was a complete pain in the ass because we got this, you know, new system that's like supposed to be more waterproof than just your regular cement board. Sure. Shit. And so it has all these little divots in it. And so I had to like scrape all the divots. It's pain in the ass. And I go to a different home improvement store. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's like this little, yeah, it's like a plastic yeah, like thing. A, yeah. Yeah. You roll it out. Yeah. And it takes way, first of all, it takes way more mortar. Like, okay. We had mortar that was supposed to do the bathroom twice over. We ran out. Oh. Yeah. So, But also it's sound of, deadening too, little, right? Uh, I think maybe. Yeah. I don't, and it's supposed to be better for like when the house settles, it mm. won't crack. And so it was a pain in the ass, but I think in the end it was the right choice, but not a sponsor. So <laughs> we didn't even say the the name of the stuff. Still not That's a sponsor. How not Fuck a sponsor it. They are. <laughs> it was the Schuler Dietra uh, vacuum. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so I scrape it all up. I go to the other store, and they have like little, like single serving packets of mortar. Like you put the water, and it creates actual mortar instead of this other shit adhesive thing that I got. I don't remember what brand it was, but definitely not a sponsor because fuck them. <laughs> and so I slather this stuff down, goes in really great. And as I'm like doing this, I I realize one of the tiles two over gets chipped. Mm. And so I've got this chipped fucking brand new tile. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I can super glue that chipped part back on and it'll be fine. From the nope. commercials that I've seen, you should use Gorilla Glue. I, I may have Gorilla Glue. I don't know the the brand that I picked up. I 
picked up what was available at Lowe's or whatever sure, to the order sure. from. Uh, so I tried to glue it back on. That doesn't work. So I've got to pull up this whole fucking tile. That doesn't seem. Can't you? Can't you like uh, you know mortar that or caulk that or something? Nope, nope. There's the, because the chip broke. Oh, okay. And so I have to take a like a cloth and a hammer and break this fucking tile up. Then get the chisel and chisel out all the mortar so it's nice and flat and clean again. And so then I go back to the friggin' store, get another of the little single-serving mortar cups, uh, mix that up, and I go to put it in, and now the tile isn't fitting straight. No! (laughs) It's like popping up, and I can't figure out why the fuck it's popping up. So I lose my damn mind. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) As this is happening, by the way, the cat is apparently in the bathroom. I turn on the vacuum to suck up the bits of broken mortar that I've broken up. And the cat goes nuts, goes running out of the bathroom, jumps on my back with full claws. I've got like bleeding scratches on my back and I lose my damn mind. And I just go and I lay down and I'm done for the night. (laughs) And now we're here. And then today I went out to the store again, bought another cup of the mortar again dry fit the tile it in the story long story short because no one gives a shit <laughs> i i get it flat i find i think it was the spacer that was like throwing it off from like the other tiles the spacers were causing it to sure so basically i found a way to get it to lay down it all worked out fine we grouted it earlier tonight which is why we were a little bit late starting the podcast tonight because i threw off my whole thing. I had to do my grouting and then my yoga and then my shower and then Yeah. It's okay. I wasn't and, doing shit. <laughs> so so <laughs> end of story, it's in, it's grouted. The floor is basically done. Tomorrow we get to do the like cleanup part, reinstall the toilets, and then we get to worry about uh tiling the tub surround. So it's can't, a good time. Can't wait for that story. Here's the problem. Okay, so I hate doing like work like this, handyman type work. I hate doing this kind of stuff. And it's not that I, it's, it's not that necessarily I don't have the skills, but I don't have the experience. So I, I've always thought like whatever, um, whatever any job can be done, I could probably do that job with enough, enough training. I even think, and this, and remember, I have very low self-esteem, but I even think I could be a brain surgeon if I could learn how to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, figuring out what parts to pull. Right. I could be so. a rocket scientist. I could do all of that stuff. I think I have the mental capacity You're to do it. You're a millennial. You can do anything you want. What I don't have is any tolerance for bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I don't have, like, the um, the mental skills to overcome the adversity of when something doesn't work like it should. Mm-hmm. Um, like the tile, like that's that's what I don't like about that oh. kind of stuff. Like if it just went in and it just worked, it would be fine. And I could do it. I mean, the things that don't do what they're supposed to is my instant trigger to rage. Right. Me too. I, I do that. I do that all the time. I give up. Like, throw my hands in the air. I don't give up. I get like ragey, angry. Like my my initial response last night when the tile didn't work was to take my hammer and destroy the entire floor. <laughs> I, I didn't, but that's what I wanted to do. 
This is why when people are growing up, why they're kind of afraid of their dads because they know they have the capacity to just fuck shit up <laughs> at, at the drop of a hat. And like, it's, it's our job to keep it reined in, you know? But like, you, uh, I was in the you kitchen. Keep that monster at bay. Yeah, I gotta keep the monster at bay. I was in the kitchen. Something happened. I, I dropped something on the floor that shouldn't have dropped. I was like, God fucking damn it! <laughs> My kid was like, Daddy, <laughs> you're swearing again. I'm like, Sorry, honey. The ice dropped and it went everywhere, and I have to clean it up now. It's dumb because oh, it shouldn't have dropped. It popped right out of the tray. I mean, I was about to destroy the pantry door the other day. Because our pantry has been a mess because it's impossible to keep a pantry neatly organized. We bought these nice organizational bins for like the cereal to help organize it. Sure. We thought, oh, this will help save space. But it doesn't save any fucking space because they're like wider at the top. So they're taking up the same fucking amount of space. Oh. There's just more dead space. Anyway, <laughs> the the door, you open the door and I'm like trying to find something and it keeps trying to close on me. Like the hinge just like, oh. the door just like, and I am ready to just like knock this fucking door through the bathroom door, which is not right next to it. Like so mad. You got to keep teach that door a lesson. I teach. Uh, oh, I have taught a door a lesson. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got two slab doors up in the, the garage right now because I had to teach a door a lesson. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I told my wife, I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to buy the actual wood doors, not those hollow cardboardy doors that they sell. Yeah. Like solid wood doors, because that I could not break. So you break your body instead of the door. Exactly. Which is actually would probably be more expensive to replace, let's be honest. But I probably wouldn't do it as often. Oh, yeah, because you learn, for your, learn from your mistakes. I've got my, my dryer, and I'm sure I could fix it. And that's the other frustrating thing. It's like you could probably tweak something and just fix it, but it just whatever. Anyway, so the dryer, when I open the dryer drawer, um, it closes automatically. And I hit my elbow on it when I'm putting the oh. laundry in the – and so, like, you know, the first time it does it, I push it back. You know, I'm mad, but I kind of just push it back. And the next time I do it, I push it harder. And the next <laughs> time I'm like, wham, I'm like hitting it against the wall. I'm like, and that just makes it bounce back at you faster. I know, and it's not helping I mean, you're anything. Like punching it. It's like one of those little, like, you know, those those trainer balls for boxers where they're just like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Yeah. So I found I. If I take my time on things, mm-hmm. it's not a rush. My my rage level will be much lower. You got to be in the moment, Jason. Like, we've been working on this bathroom for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, it's been a few weeks now. And part of it has been, like, the whole drying of the tile wasn't working. We gave it extra days, and it still wasn't working. And so part of it is that. But part of it is we, we're not in a rush. We don't have to, like, have it done. Like, I we lived in a house before where we have one bathroom. Right. And so when we remodeled it, every day it wasn't done was a big inconvenience right whereas this one my daughter's the only one who uses it yeah so the big inconvenience is if she wakes up in the middle of the night she has to come in our room and she might wake us up but that hasn't happened yet it's not a big rush so we can take our time and make sure it's done correctly right 
And so the stress level is much, much lower. Like, well, definitely, like yesterday yeah. was the first day that I think I really lost my fucking mind on it. <laughs> well, because it, it the things weren't working. And, and like a person that works on this kind of stuff all the time would probably just like, oh, it's not working. I know what to do. And it might be a little bit of work, but it's going to be better in the outcome in the out like, you know, out. What, what the fuck am I saying? Long run. Not outrun. Outcome, I think. And the outcome. Yeah. But like. That's the that's what I don't have is you don't have that kind of patience yeah. and also like there's a little bit for me there's a little bit of like this will never fucking work I'm gonna have to tear this all up I'm gonna have to start mm-hmm. over do a different thing it's been so much work I've wasted all this time mm-hmm. I mean prior to this the biggest stressor was getting the tub in like the tub was not lining up it was not mm-hmm. leveling up it was it just was not working right yeah and that was frustrating but like no one lost their mind at that point like it was getting stressful but not like the end of the world and we finally figured it out and it worked fine right like yesterday was me just losing it i think that some people just revel in that like they see that as a puzzle and they can fix it and they Hmm. then they fix it and they're like oh yeah because they know while they're doing the puzzle it's just a puzzle you don't get frustrated because the puzzle pieces don't fix just try a different piece you know yeah but they they have that sort of yeah yeah, if you have plenty of time, you can be like, oh, like the thing that was getting me yesterday was I didn't know why it was doing that. Right. So I couldn't fix it. Right. Like there was no obvious reason why the tile was like popped up in the air. Like there was nothing there that should have been doing that. Yeah. So how can I fix that when I don't know what the problem is? Yeah. And so that was the problem. So. Indeed. How was your week? Well, um, you know, depression hits hard. <laughs> i don't know where it comes from it just i just wake up depressed and it sucks uh you know i just read my daughter a book tonight where someone woke up with a bad mood and they said you know why are you in a bad mood and he said i don't know i just had it when i woke up oh yeah that's true so, there you go i that's mentioned what... the word depression to my daughter mm-hmm. uh this last week and she's like what's depression and i was like well it's like when you're sad, but like all the time and for no specific reason that you can put your hand on, you can put your finger on. Hey, you just have a case of the sads. Just, yeah, just have a case of the sads and it lasts a long time. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, when I get in these moods, for some reason, I love to watch scary movies. Interesting. And I think it's because I like, this is going to sound bad. I like watching other people suffer. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm when I'm also suffering, and it's it's like it's always fictional people. Like I don't go on and like try to watch like, uh, like watch people die or whatever. That I don't want that like actual suffering. But like the fictional suffering, I'm like, oh yeah, that it's kind of cathartic. It makes me feel good. So I watched a few uh, scary movies in the last week Ooh. or so. What'd you watch? Uh, so the first one I watched was called The Boy. And it has Lori Cohan in it, who was Maggie on The Walking Dead. And is that the one about the single mom and the? That's oh no, that's about a boy. Sorry. About a different. boy, yeah. So that's this one scary is a, for different So there, there are. So I'll say it's a great movie. I loved. Um, it got a little confusing toward the middle end part, but then it kind of pays off at the end. But it, it's about an American woman who. Um, goes to England like she gets a job as like a, a caretaker nanny for this boy um and that's like this big English sort of manor house 
mm-hmm. um, out in the middle of nowhere. It's set in like current day, mm-hmm. um, but the parents uh, of the boy want to go on vacation because they haven't gone on vacation in a long time. They need to um, go on holiday. They need to go on a holiday. And so they do. And then the, the movie is about what happens when they go on vacation. And it's fantastic. And um, another one that I watched, because uh, I, I, I also like movies that are new, but they're not sequels. They're not remakes. It's like a new story that you can tell. Because uh-huh. we're, we're getting, I think, I feel like we might be getting low on stories <laughs> because there aren't a ton of stories you can tell. I, I think there are plenty of stories. And the problem is it's more financially return on investment to rehash things we've already done. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can see that. And another one that I watched, I now I can't remember the name of it, um, but it was about a, like a kid that has a sickness and they're taking his, this kid to this um, like special clinic sort of thing out in the middle of nowhere of course it's always the middle of nowhere uh out in the country and um god i wish i remember the name of that that was also very good and then the last one uh it was called winchester have you heard of this one i have not though i was always uh going to winchester always made me feel uncomfortable so it's a city in west virginia oh is that right western virginia i i don't know i i hated going there whichever the case may be Saying Virginia, but uh, enunciating the first syllable louder sounds very uncomfortable to me. I was in West Virginia. Anyway, so I mean, I mean, you know why Virginia's named Virginia, right? I, I don't know. Go on, ruin my life. It's named after Queen Elizabeth, the Virgin Queen. Oh, jeez. All right. Why are like, we so we'll concerned this, about? We'll call this land Virgin. Yeah. Wow. After our queen, who surely is a virgin, as she did not get married. Surely. Surely. So the last one, the Winchester, um, I wasn't going to watch it, but then I saw that Helen Mirren was in it. Ooh. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck is Helen Mirren doing in like a horror movie? Side note, we just watched a Helen Mirren movie. Really? Week. Also a little bit suspensey, but Mm. I'll talk about that later. I don't want to interrupt you. Well, uh, this movie is about, um, she plays Mrs. Winchester. Um, Have you heard of the Winchester House in California? I have. Right. So it's about. I don't know much about it, but I have heard it. Right. So it's about that house, and that that house is like, it's got a bunch of differing rooms and stuff, and like like doors that lead to nowhere and hallways that lead to nowhere or whatever. but this, uh, it's about like a doctor. I think he might be a therapist or psychiatrist back in 1905, I think, who goes to the, to the house and um, uh, tries to find out if Mrs. Winchester is fit to still run the Winchester Arms Company. Oh, oh gosh. And it's a ghost movie. It's fantastic. It's very, very good. So this guy's really gunning for her. Ah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Yes. Very nice. So what's your Helen Mirren movie? So we watched a movie called The Good Liar. Yeah. With Helen Mirren and uh, Ian McKellen, I believe. Really? On Netflix? And, uh, so we got the disc because oh, okay. well, forget it. that's how we are. <laughs> I mean, it may stream somewhere, but I don't know where. Right. So basically, Ian McKellen plays a con man. And he targets Helen Mirren because... You know, he, she's she's a widow. She seems like she has 
you know, some money. And so he's going to try and swindle her. Sure. Naturally. Uh, Which is what you do to old women <laughs> that their husbands have died. You swindle them. I, and, yeah. And so, like, he's swindling other people at the same time. Um, and so, like, he's acting out this part of, like, this. They meet on, like, a dating site kind of a thing. Oh, it's set on. It's set in, like, current times then. Yes, yes, yes. And when was times. the movie made? Do you know? A uh, year or two ago. It's it's oh, relatively okay. recent. All right. Uh, and, yeah, so he's, like, trying to swindle her. Uh, but then there's kind of a twist at the end, and you're like, ooh, yeah. Here's the thing about spoilers. I don't even want to know there's a twist in the end, Jason. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Because then I'm starting to, like, think about the twist, and I like to watch movies and be uh, uh, current in the moment and, like, not think about Here's what, what might be happening next. Here's what I'll say. You, you don't see the twist coming. So it's well, not now like I'll definitely it, see it not, coming. No, no. It's not like they've left all these little breadcrumbs for you to figure it out. Okay. It, it's like a, oh, wait. Oh, oh! It's like going. Oh, no. It's like going to oh. an M. Night Shyamalan movie now. Like you know, there's gonna be a twist. Like, and that's the thing. It's not like an M. Night Shyamalan twist. It's a oh, we're going that direction. Oh, Helen Mirren oh. was dead the whole time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, she's right. fully alive. Okay, uh, good. It, it's more of a like, oh, we find out who these people really are. Kind right. of a oh, twist okay, gotcha. situation. Um, so I I really enjoyed it much more than I expected to. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll watch this thing. Um, uh, so I say give it a try if you if you like that. It's not like scary, scary movie kind of thing. Like suspenseful. but suspenseful, yeah. Yeah, there's some suspense in it, and you're like, things seem to be more than what's going on. And so you're like, what's going on here? Mm. Right? I want to know what's going on. Uh, and then you're like, oh, mm. oh okay, okay, okay. Mm. Yes. So I, I enjoyed it, like I said, Wonderful. More, more than expected. Wonderful. Uh, there's also a show on, I think it's on Netflix, it's called The Four Dames. Have you heard of this? Mm, I have not. Uh, I don't remember their names, and I'm sorry. It's Helen Mirren and <laughs> Judy Dench and... Um, the other dames. The other two dames. <laughs> one, one <laughs> uh, Maggie Smith... And then, oh, okay, right. And then the other one, I don't, I never remember her name, but she, I always remember her in the Dennis the Menace movie that came out in the '90s. She played Mrs. Wilson. I anyway, would have to look it up. Yeah, she's she, blind now. But anyway, it's it's a documentary. She's, she's blind. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they they just talk to these four women about their careers and stuff, and they show clips from their old stuff, and it's really good. Yeah. The Four Dames. It's very good. The four Dames. Netflix, right. not a sponsor, my friends. But it could be because we talk about but it's it enough. What we're all doing because, well, I guess not all of us, since a bunch of us went to a lake and passing around the corona. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, if you've passed the corona to anyone, uh, please email <laughs> us and let us know at the hour pod. So we can at... Stay the fuck away from you. <laughs> yeah, the hour pod at gmail.com. Or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the hour pod. Tweet us at the hour pod, but no one does. And Instagram. Uh, relevant two underscores username. I have yes. I've I've been very neglectful of my Instagram. I know I haven't seen anything recently. Yeah, I, Though I noticed yeah. Instagram's been doing a thing like they readjusted their. Last night I was scrolling through, and once I caught up, uh, they no longer showed me any of the older stories. They started showing me suggested, and I was like, "Why am I seeing this fucking shit?" I don't. And I, I scroll back up, and it was like suggested things. Don't I was suggest like, well, things to you? me. Yeah, if I wanted something, I'd go and get it. But the Stop problem is, keep the, me on your fucking 
whatever. I'm sure that they have statistics. The Instagram, you know, Facebook, uh, corporate, whatever. They have statistics like, oh, there's like 84% of our of our people click on these suggested things and we can uh, tell people to pay to have them suggested and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I hate it so much. Before we get started too much, I have to let my dog out because I can hear her squeaking. Okay, cool. So, so we'll be right back. Oh, shit. Oh, no. I hung up on him. Okay. I meant to pause the recording, but I hung up on Jason, so uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right. So we got some updates. Yeah. Been a while. So in episode 98, Inspector Mousseau, it's a good episode. Very, uh, yeah. We talked about Forrest Finn, who set up a treasure hunt, and then they said was recently solved, even though they oh, weren't yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, apparently, a Michigan jeweler named Johnny Perry... He's going out of business because of the month-long coronavirus closure. And so he says he has buried about $1 million worth of valuables, like gold, diamonds, and other uh, things throughout the state. And if you want to take part in the treasure hunt, you can buy tickets for $50. Oh, bullshit. So so first of all, his name is not as as cool as Inspector Musso. (laughs) Well, the guy who did the first one was called Forrest Finn. Yeah, whatever. I mean— that's just a ridiculous. Oh wait, thing. that was just the name that we gave to the episode. That wasn't the person's name. Yes, Inspector Mousseau was the the Canadian guy who was going across the border with his submarine. That's right. That's right. Deal. Situation. Good old Inspector Moosey. Yeah. But yeah, so I just heard this. I was driving to the home improvement store, and I heard them talking about it on the radio that this guy apparently buried stuff around Michigan, and you can buy tickets to get the clues for fifty dollars. You know what? I'll tell you what. If you guys, if the listeners send us $50, I'll bury some shit. <laughs> and then I'll make you go find it. It's my grandma's eagle statue. Yeah, just we're email about, us. I'll send you our about Venmo. <laughs> yeah. And I'll bury some old shit. I've got a, um, uh, how about this? I've got an old, uh, they used to make these special, like, tin, like, tin things you would hang on your wall that just had matches in them. So that I've had one of those. I have one of those right now. It's been in my family for a long time. I'll I'll bury that, and you can go find it. Just send me fifty bucks. There you go. There you go. All right. We'll give you clues. Yeah, it's somewhere. <laughs> That's clue one. Uh, next update in episode ninety six. Ninety six. Ooh. Orion's coin purse. A little Freudian slip there, buddy. Ninety six. <laughs> wow. Uh, we did a story about rats fighting each other over food, and like the, we did a whole thing about piles of rat limbs due to the rat fights uh, because the dumpsters at restaurants have not had food in them and so these rats are like eating each other yeah and then one rat said to the other don't just hork it down (laughs) well i just saw a story recently that these famished rats are now plaguing outdoor diners because you can now eat outdoors crawling on their shoes and sitting on benches next to them wanting their food ratatouille is real I knew it, it is business owners in places like New York city are now calling on the city to address the rodent problem. Uh, and the guy that we talked about who basically talked about this, like study, this was like, I told you so. I said, the rats were going to do this and which, you didn't listen to me. Which huh. is what a guy would like that would sound like. I'm so glad that Ratatouille is the latest dysto- dystopian thriller. It's <laughs> <laughs> becoming real. Uh, I've seen recall in that one though. The rat could cook. That's right. The rat yeah. could cook. The person couldn't. Yeah. But also, like, the reason why 
well, maybe not the reason why, but like not to give any spoilers away, but like his whole rat family used to just love eating food. That's true. But not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, next update in episode 93, Apples and Cinnamon, uh, we did an intro joke story about three Russian healthcare workers who mysteriously died after falling out windows, which happened after they started complaining about conditions at work because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, well, a Russian police major fell from a window after testifying against her boss in a corruption case. So accidentally falling out the window seems like a very common thing in Russia. It sounds like they need to uh, maybe adjust their window safety. Maybe yeah, have those like... windows like in hotels in New York that don't open more than a couple inches. Yeah, it seems seems something weird is going on. So people can't, quote, accidentally, unquote, fall out of them. Do, uh, do you remember, didn't we do a story on like the second episode or something where somebody got pushed out of a hotel window in Atlanta? maybe i'd have oh. to go back and look into it yeah, we've done yeah. some and we were in episode 104 so that's like over 500 stories we've done we have so many episodes now that we we have to research our own episodes to come up with shit that <laughs> we we've do. already talked about <laughs> like looking up this information i have to like go into like our google drive and do searches to find the episodes that these things happened in it's it takes me a bit of time yeah uh, and finally, in episode 92, Big Dark Harry and Once Belonging to a Man, uh, I mentioned having to get a new water filter, which I did. Yeah. And that motherfucker stopped working, and I had to buy another one just last week. God damn it. How long ago was it? So episode 92 was like, uh, what, uh, 12 weeks ago? I don't know. You Are you asking me? I don't know. I'm just doing the math there. It's 104, 92. That's 92 minus 104, or 104 minus 92 is 12, right? Yeah. Either way, it's only been a couple months, and I had to buy another goddamn $50 fucking water filter because this one was apparently clogged. <laughs> so no water was coming out. It's because your your water is especially dirty now. Did you do any plumbing work recently? Nope, no plumbing work. Oh. Yeah, just you did. You are replacing your, uh, your fucking uh, tub. Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with the like the water input, like the drains, maybe. No, that has a lot to do with your water input. If you take your that sediment will settle. I don't know. This is I'm, I'm this is wait, bullshit. Wait, I have no settlement? idea. I have yeah. no idea. It's bullshit. We just, we just took the handles off. We didn't like adjust any of the water flow or anything. No I water was turned off. I say a lot of stuff that sounds right, but is complete bullshit. I'm like a lot like our president, except for all his stuff sounds wrong and is also bullshit. So I'm like halfway there. Yeah. By the uh, way, uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, our listeners, but we come up with the episode title at the end of the show. That's true. And the episode title almost always has to has, has to do with something that we've talked about in the show, uh, but that you might not get until you listen to it. That's true. Yeah. So just keep in uh, mind the episode titles when you're listening because they're they're. They might also be, they might make you breathe air out of your nose a little harder than the other uh, rest of the podcast. <laughs> uh, and we got a couple of corrections. Uh, first, we need to apologize for episode 91, uh, Grandpa Tanner, for blowing out everyone's ears with Jeff's harmonica blast when he was doing his Mary Poppins Burt impression. I, <laughs> I personally almost went deaf. So like you blew into your harmonica, it was, like it was at a regular volume, but then the harmonica was like, Bah! so oh. 
And we probably will need to apologize for what I just did because that possibly also blew out your ears. So apologies. Well, uh, my apologies. I had no idea that was happening. I also everything like we, we exclaim things a lot throughout the podcast. Did I didn't you, think that would have been any louder than anything else. It was bad. It was bad. Uh, also, in episode 96, Orion's coin purse, uh, we had a discussion about, Jeff, you brought off Backwoods spray, and I bought off Deepwoods spray, because this was an outdoor episode. Yeah. In fact, we are wrong. There's only one type, and it is off Deepwoods. Oh, it's only Deepwoods, not Backwoods. I think you, I was you, wrong in that. You don't go in the back. You just go deep. <laughs> yeah. No I do so. both, baby. Oh yeah. So Yourself? <laughs> why not? You know? No one else is doing it. <laughs> Careful, it sucks things in. <laughs> that is yet another example of how I say things that sound right that are completely incorrect. <laughs> backwoods. It, it sounds like you should have, like, backwoods spray, not deep yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going deep in the backwoods. <laughs> it's very difficult. Speaking of doing it in the backwoods... Mm births the fertility rate is falling oh no it may drop below the very vital 2.1 replication rate uh, which is the size when the population starts to decrease okay what is the problem what is the problem with the population decreasing why is Uh, that bad it i mean i guess we're going to jump ahead here it causes major issues with taxes with health care don't care uh, who's going to take care of the elderly? How are we going to pay for these things? Uh, if you have a population that is dying, like you're going to have a retraction on jobs because there's not as many people to serve. Shaking my head so hard. I don't care. You think you don't care, but when the entire economy collapses and taxes don't work and entire nations fall apart because you don't have people to keep it running uh, then you will care i mean japan's been in a recession for like 20 years i don't care about even a lot of it has to do with their declining population i don't care about recessions even like i don't i don't care about the economy like i i I need it i want and i need a job i get it exactly you want and need a job so you do care about the economy this is why we need social safety nets set up with our governments blah 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 but uh, but who's going to pay for that when everyone's dying Take a few trillion out of the uh, defense budget. There won't be a defense budget because there won't be people to continue fighting the defense budget. Then shrink. Okay, here's. Okay, all right. So the city of Detroit has a problem because the uh-huh. population shrinks. The population shrunk so bad, and they can right? no longer continue to provide the services that are necessary because there's not enough people to pay for the services. They, Basically, they, it's like a worldwide city of Detroit. They literally can't keep the lights on. Exactly. They can't that keep is the streetlights on. That is on. what the problem with a decreasing population is. Yeah, well, I'm getting there, Jason. Give me a second. God damn. <laughs> so, so the Detroit is shrinking, right? And so there are a lot of um there's a lot of vacant land, there's a lot of like people um that you know, the city of Detroit doesn't have a lot of tax dollars now. But if 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 the infrastructure is too big, then shrink the infrastructure. And if but the, if you shrink the infrastructure, then it's no longer going to serve the people that it needs to serve. Who who are these people? Like if, the people okay, who so still live if, in those cities. Then shrink the size of the city. Oh, so you're telling people they have to move? I'm not telling people they have to move. They can stay where well, they are, but shrink they can't the size stay where of where they are if the infrastructure doesn't meet them anymore. 
if there's no more water, gas, roads, bus service, electricity going to the places where people are living, then you're telling them they would have to move. If there aren't enough people that are living in an area, then it's no longer a city. It might be a suburb or it might be a, a township or whatever we call it here city. in Michigan. It, it's there's not... still people living there. You're telling them they have to move. No, I'm not saying that at all. Where did you get the? If, well, I'm telling people I have to move. Because you're saying you have to shrink the infrastructure. Shrink so that the means they're no longer gaining those services. And shrink the city. What happens when you, when a city expands? Because people are still living in those areas that of you're saying Of course they to are. I'm not telling them they have to move. I'm just saying cut them out of the city of Detroit and then start a new township so saying, or something. So you're saying cut the infrastructure from them. I'm not saying cut the infrastructure from them. I'm saying listen to my words instead of talking. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying listen to what you're saying instead of talking. I'm listening to what I'm saying. So, so those people are no longer in the city of the Detroit. Yes. All right. So, who's paying for their infrastructure? If you would, if you would wait a second, I would tell, tell me. You. I'm very excited to hear. You so you start a new local government. That is a, a township or another city or, a you know, a whatever that's a bit larger and encompasses a lot of people. Because when you live in the, in the country, you have less people and less tax dollars coming in. And yet somehow they still provide water and streetlights. No, they don't. There are no streetlights in the rural areas. The water is a well. You have to get it yourself. There's no bus service out there. All right. I just... You, our, our listeners can't see, but I just wave my hand at you like an old man waving his hand <laughs> at poor service. Like, yeah. <laughs> In the 1950s, the rate was 4.7. The, uh, the fertility rate was 4.7, which means that women generally have 4.7 children. But researchers from the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation found that that rate had dropped to 2.4 in 2017 and they're projecting by the end of the century to be 1.7 which is a declining population the researchers say the world is ill-prepared for the global crash and being born which is set to have a jaw-dropping impact on societies uh, projections expect the number of people on the planet to peak around 2064 at 9.7 billion before before falling to 8.8 .8 billion by the end of the year, which is still 1.8 billion more than we're talking about right now. Hey, look, it's yet another global problem that we are realizing is happening right now, and we're not putting any um, effort into making it less here in the United States. Just like global warming. We know it's happening, well, but we're not doing well, anything the, about it. Here's the thing, though. It's going to affect different countries in different ways. The United States is a country that actually has a growing population rate. People in the United States have more kids. We should really stop having kids, though. I mean, so that's, that's it, a big problem. <laughs> it will uh, it will impact us differently. I think it's incredibly hard to think this through and recognize how big a thing this is. It's extraordinary. We'll have to reorganize societies, Professor Christopher Murray told the BBC. The fall is being driven by more women in education and work. Stop it. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> well, no, that's what's happening. People are... Women are going and getting educated and going to work, and so they're having fewer children because sounds, they're not being required to stay home. This is not a bad thing. Yeah, but it sounds like is, we're blaming why, the women, though. No, 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 no. The, the, this is roles are changing, and so women and families aren't being as large because it's not as necessary, and they're holding off and having kids later and having fewer yeah. children and. 
It's not a bad thing. It's a it good says, thing. Uh, as well as having greater access to contraception, leading to women choosing to have fewer children. Mm-hmm. How about families choosing to have fewer children? How about that? Uh, well, I mean, I feel like it's more the woman's choice on how many children she wants to have as she's the one that has to grow it. Japan uh, is believed to have peaked in 2017 with a population of 128 million people. Uh, and they're they're projecting by 2100 that will drop to 53 million people. So more than half of the population gone. Is that including corona deaths? <laughs> no, I mean, that could be helping them along on this. Uh, Italy is also expected to see a population crash from 61 million to 28 million, and 21 other countries, including Spain, Portugal, Thailand, and South Korea, are expected to see their populations more than half. Uh, and so that's going to cause huge issues for them uh, in terms of taxation and healthcare and economic, and it's a bigger problem than it may seem ah interesting so there you go the united states is still growing so they're not expected to lose population uh china is expected to lose some population but not a huge portion i think they're at 1.4 billion and they're gonna fall to like 700 million uh, are they so. are they still like i don't know for sure if this is a fact i just heard when i was like growing up that the the Chinese people, they didn't like women, like girls being born, so they would either abort them or, like, so China them after they were born. During that, during that time, they had the one-child policy where they could only have one kid. Right. Uh, and because of cultural reasons, a boy was more valued because carries on the family name and just the way society is set up there. Uh, and so girls were less um, desirable. Yeah, that makes sense. That's dumb. So, I, I mean, I it doesn't like make sense. Whole, it, it's dumb, but I get it. <laughs> you understand why that is the, the situation that was at hand. Uh, I think a lot of what you may have heard might have been exaggerated. Hogwash and poppycock? Uh, maybe not complete <laughs> hogwash, but... but why did my voice crack when I said poppycock just now? That was poppycock. weird. It's poppycock. <laughs> uh, no, I think it, you know, it, it was probably overdone because... I'm sure, yeah. It was coming through an America filter, but, right. you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? Speaking of filters. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm very curious on this transition. Sure. Uh, you wear a mask on your face, and that filters out your breath. The COVID-19 pandemic has obliterated oh. Airbnb revenues with billions of dollars in revenue vanish, uh, vanishing. Uh, in recent months, as travel has has ground to a halt across the globe, my problem with the word obliterated, I had a guy that I used to work with. His name was Colin. Mm-hmm. He was like the countryest, like, but like, like not in a bad way necessarily. But he was like the countryest dude. He said he and his friends went. Uh, there was a porta potty that they found. And mm-hmm. he said, we got a bunch of M80s, man. And we, we loaded that porta potty up with them M80s. We, when we blew them up, that porta potty was obliterated. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, first of all, disgusting. Oh, yeah, gross, uh, yeah. Second of all, there's no beef. I mean, the doors flew off, the, the walls split in two. There was shit everywhere. <laughs> 
Well, the short-term rental platform has begun asking guests to chip in by sending, quote, kindness cards that include cash donations to their former hosts. I don't think Airbnb knows what what the public opinion is on their hosts. Before, hmm. uh, in the before times, and, hmm. and really like quite a few years ago when Airbnb first started, it was the place that you went to avoid hotels. It was less expensive. Um, it, yeah. was, it was generally a nicer it, it place. Was, it's a disruptive on the hotel intro industry yeah. like disrupting like, the industry yeah like uh uber is disrupting the taxi industry whatever yeah whatever I, I have thoughts on that but continue so there were these people that owned houses and they were going to be away and you just rented their house out or the room or whatever and now it's just like people are buying places just to rent them out on airbnb because it became so popular yeah. and oh, those and are the people that like fuck rich about. motherfuckers who are buying houses so that they can make money on it it's like yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's driving yeah. it's uh, responsible for driving up rent prices and driving mm-hmm. up like real estate prices in big cities and stuff, and it's actually a real problem. Indeed. So boo fucking who? Yeah. <laughs> well, in the spirit of rekindling connections, we developed a new feature that allows guests to send virtual cards with messages of support and encouragement to hosts who provided excellent hospitality. If they wish, guests have the option to add a voluntary financial contribution, an Airbnb spokesman said. I assume this is all related to the, uh, of course, that we said earlier, it's related to the pandemic, but like people making less money because a lot of people aren't traveling now and they're whatever. But it's all dumb. It's like, okay, if you bought... If you bought a, a condo or an apartment or a house just to rent it out on Airbnb, you had to know that that would, would be like a shrinking – it could shrink your income. And you well, – that could just – the in- industry could just go away because as disruptive as Airbnb is, it's also as undisruptive the opposite way, right? I don't you know, know what I'm saying. So uh, as fast as it came and took over the industry, it could also backtrack and just disappear like nothing, and we still have hotels. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's the problem with all of these disruptive industries, yeah. the, the Uber, the Airbnb, the um, Grubhub. Any of the gig economy companies yeah, yeah. if they come if, if it goes under that service just cease to, ceases to exist yeah i mean where, in the end they're all exploiting the people who are trying to make a buck because they can't make a buck any other way or this is the best option for them to improve their situation and so they're exploiting that situation and as soon as that dries up you're fucked now that i'm thinking about it it's kind of different to how the other like the uh, the gig economy grew and it was different than how all the other sort of industries grew. So if you think about the hotel industry, it would it would have started off as like individual people owning a place that people can stay. And then maybe a company bought one or two and maybe they were in a couple cities. But then yeah. you have like Holiday and Express, right? That's in every city. And you have, yeah. um, who owns Comfort Inn? Marriott. Or something, yeah. And it's like yeah. Comfort Inn by Marriott now, but they have like seven different chains that's by yeah. Marriott. So it's mm-hmm. sort of like it's all sort of consolidating into a couple of companies. But the the gig economy sort of grew out of only a couple of companies to begin with. And so if those companies go under, the entire gig economy uh, just goes belly up too. So if, yeah. think of think about if like Uber and Lyft all like both went out of business like around the same time. 
Oh no, what would we do? We'd just call a cab like we already done drive ourselves or we could call a cab and the cab industry has been there for a long time the taxi industry whatever maybe not except in... you except you fucked over the cab industry so it now is not there to the ability that it needs anymore and you know those more secure long-term jobs aren't there anymore and so people are losing their job and it, i i don't necessarily uh support disruptive uh groups i necessarily I, I support them in their ease of i was just talking to um somebody the other day about how i felt i was at the uh um precipice of millennials when you get to someone's house you don't ever ring their doorbell or knock you text them and you say i'm here <laughs> this is this is a young person thing i feel that happens I've always done it because I have very high anxiety and I was very scared of knocking on somebody's door and being at the wrong place. Hmm. Right? Interesting. So the first time you go to someone's house, you text them, I'm here, instead of knocking so hmm. that it's not like, oh, I don't see you or whatever. So you don't accidentally go to, accidentally go to somebody else's house. I don't think I've ever done that. Right, because you're like a couple years older than me, <laughs> I think. And I, like I said, I was on the precipice of, of this... This, um, I don't know, cultural trend, I think. Maybe I started it. Maybe I did it once and everyone else was like, oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Let's do it too. Well, the move was met by, with backlash uh, from those similarly struggling amid the pandemic. Like, I'm not traveling right now because we need to save that money in case one of us loses our job. Like, I don't have money to spend. To, like, And also, I'm not going to send someone money for a service that I'm not getting. Right. I'm not going to like give money to Kroger. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, here, here, Holiday Inn. Here's a hundred dollars because I didn't get to stay this year. Yeah. Like, so that's no, the thing. That's not we, how that works. We said you you combine capitalists with socialists. Okay. So if if you were a, a nonprofit, then I might consider giving like donating money to you. But if you're a for profit industry, I am not donating money to you. Just go under like all the other capitalists, and something else will take your place. Yeah. Imagine like imagine in 1990, thinking about. Uh, the gig economy, uh, let's just say Airbnb, like you go on the internet and you reserve a room in someone's house. Like that would have been, like you couldn't even conceive of that at the time. Okay, first of all, I still don't conceive of that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not saying okay. in some rando's house. Yeah, and I've had nothing but good, um, well, I wouldn't say nothing mm -hmm. but good experiences because there's a whole thing about like when you reserve something too early and then the hosts cancel on you because they could all like jack their prices up and give it to somebody else but that's well, a different thing. i've never had a holiday in cancel on me so that, right right that's what i'm saying so uh there is some some negatives to it but also um i don't know i i just don't mind it i when like i said when it first came out it was a nice alternative to the big corporate hotel industry and okay if you're anti-corporation and Airbnb comes along and you have these people that are rich and I don't know, fuck it. I forget what I was saying. Do you see where I was going with it though? Or is it completely? Yeah. You know? No, I understand what you're saying. I just okay. disagree. Uh, hosts have directed their anger at Airbnb saying the company implemented cancellation policies at the onset of COVID-19 that cost them even more money. Yes. <laughs> of course. Because, because Airbnb doesn't give a shit. They're exploiting you. They're making money off of you. Right. They're just making like money off Uber of you. Is, making... Just like 
Yeah, they get to count your, they get to use your stuff to make money. Just like Uber is using your car and your time to make money, and they get to count you as a contract employee and not provide you with anything. Right. So, it's all about it's convenience. Good. It's like the grocery yes. store; you spend a dollar per cucumber when you could just grow your own cucumbers, but you spend the dollar at the grocery store for convenience because it's there and it's relatively fresh or whatever. I guess. I uh, Airbnb said in March that they would spend $250 million to reimburse hosts for guests' cancellation that stemmed from the coronavirus shutdowns. But, you know, that doesn't seem like much. And also, you knew what you were getting into when you became an Airbnb host. You, you Airbnb doesn't owe people anything. They don't owe their hosts anything. Well, I, They didn't I enter think... into, like, a contract that says you can make this amount of money. It's not like you're making a salary. Yeah. Well, so the financial situation is especially dire for the mega hosts who have uh, you know, multiple properties, and this is like their main source of income. Yeah, but they're, them, they're building though. that based on the assumption that nothing is going to happen like what is happening right now. Right. Well, sell your properties if and if you can't sell them, uh, that sucks. But you know, you took the risk when you bought them. I, I have no sympathy for Airbnb hosts at all, <laughs> because if it was a if you were a if it was a like a traditional corporation or a company and airbnb like owned your house that you just managed and just just gave you money when people rented it then you would just be fired yeah. <laughs> and you know it it's ugh, fuck it i don't know it's a very that's a sounds like a very capitalist thing to say i'm so mad right now <laughs> and now for our segment where jason and jeff offer helpful advice to fix your problems i can fix it i can fix that we can fix it. I alone can fix it. Why do I fix everything I touch? It's the hour advice. So we were just talking about um, traveling. Airbnb, yeah. Yeah, Airbnbs and stuff. So um, let's answer some questions about travel, right? Sure. Hey, Jeff. Yes. Am I allowed, a loud, <laughs> to bring a laptop computer bag along with a carry-on on a plane? I think as long as you announce it aloud... Um, yes. I think it's fine as long as you're saying I have a laptop computer and a something else bag allowed. That's Jason, uh, if you could live in any country and any place you wanted, where would it be? Hmm. I mean, this is a very difficult one. Italy is high on my list. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed being in Italy. Uh, so, yeah, that's you want to be with the Mussolini fascists. Is that where you want to be? I mean, my family's from Italy, so, you oh, know. Well, then, yes. Oh, it's fucking beautiful, though. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> and the food? Ugh. The food? I mean. You, I don't know why, but it, when you said that, it just sounded like you were Australian. It's fucking amazing, mate. I tell you. I mean, I ate that food, and it was just a lot. <laughs> fucking beautiful. Mushroom. I had a calzone. Oh, it's the best <laughs> thing I ever had. <laughs> so, uh, if I could live in any country, it would be Finland. Oh, for several you reasons. Like I, I like the Finns. I like I like co the cold weather. Uh, I like socialism. Um, I like a country that takes care of its people. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. sounds great. Jeff, is a duffel bag considered a personal item that I can take on uh, with me with no extra charge on a flight? I'm traveling with a duffel bag this time. Question I mark. I think it depends on if it's your duffel bag. Or if it's one of those unattended bags that they tell you not, mm. or like don't accept bags from strangers, one of those. And if you take those, then that is not a personal item. It's a very impersonal item, and you can't carry it on the plane. Mm -hmm. Jason, I mean, it depends on how long you've been friends with it. That's 
That's you're true. on a personal level. You're you're okay. Uh, Jason, uh-huh. someone stole things from my suitcase at airport. Three question marks. Space question mark. I mean, probably you're flying from Prague. Jeff, can I bring a flask with alcohol on a commercial plane? You could try. Jason, are people with COVID-19 going to be permanently banned from traveling internationally? Well, it depends on which form they fill out. Jeff, when it, when will American be able to travel internationally again? Um, didn't American Airlines get like absorbed by Delta or something? No, America's or, still a thing. Is there are there still an airline? Okay, so yeah, there's there's three now, American, Delta, and and uh United. <laughs> there there are many more airlines than that, I think. Yeah, like the discount ones that you're taking your lives in your own hands. Look, no one well, crashes like ValueJet crashed. <laughs> I know. That's why they changed their name to Spirit. It's all their, <laughs> all their ghosts that were on previous flights. Oh, Spirit, the city bus yeah. of the skies. I mean, Spirit <laughs> Airlines is Beverly Crusher's favorite airline. She's always catching the spirit of her grandma's ghost boyfriend. Yeah, she just wants to be inside the spirit. <laughs> or no, wants him inside her, I guess. Well, whatever i don't know maybe in the future the women penetrate the men jason is europe safe for a young woman to travel alone uh, no there's coronavirus jeff is a road trip count as domestic travel <laughs> what <laughs> no what the, no yes and no so if if you're traveling internationally then no <laughs> but if you're traveling domestically like in the united states or whatever country you're from then yes well, we all know domestic travel just means going from one room to the other. That's domestic. <laughs> Is domestic travel like domestic abuse? Where just <laughs> oh, only if you hit while traveling. <sighs> Jeff, tips for the first four to five hours drive alone? Um, download a lot of podcasts. Listen to those. Um, um, try the hour. Try the hour. Yeah. Or if you want to hear something good, try Shit Town. <laughs> Oh, S-Town is so good. It is so good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was quite a roller coaster of a ride. Oh, it was that, oh the whole thing was it was amazing. <laughs> and then, At, We listened to the first few minutes, and I was like, so this is like a produced like radio drama, right? And then as we got in, I was like, no, this is real. Yeah. I, well, the first couple minutes of that one, I thought, I, I can't listen to this guy talk. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, His, same thought. accent is so obnoxious, and... I and then he was the Tiger King before Tiger King. <laughs> right, right. Do you remember the Tiger King era of quarantine? <laughs> I do. I never watched Tiger King. Oh, okay. You should if you like S Town, you'll like Tiger King. I doubt that. Jason, am, am I next? Yes. Jason, backpack replacement? Uh I mean if you're into surgery. Jeff, have you ever been disgusted by seeing minorities when traveling to other countries? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Like, which minorities are you talking about? Are you talking about, like, going to Kenya and seeing white people and saying, ugh? I don't know. This is, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Can we click this? Let's click this and let's delve deep into Disgusted. it. Disgusted. I'm from the U.S. Have you ever been and disgusted I... by seeing minorities? He says, I'm from the U.S. and I admit I'm somewhat racist. Whoa. But once I flew into London, got out at Heathrow and looked around at all the sh- sh- there oh no what i walked down soho and was surrounded by white women and their inward partners good god fuck you dude go to hell do you know what Uh, do you know what we just learned and taught all of our listeners 
What? A new racial slur that I had never heard before. I, yes, I've never heard. It. Is that an actual racial slur? It has to be, right? I He, he italicsed it out or whatever that he, thing is called. Asterisked, yeah. Asterisked it out. It's not asterisk. It's nobody named Rick. Asterisk. Asterisk. Asterisks. I didn't even see the sights as I was fixated on the diversity and felt like puking. What the fuck, Britain? I feel like I should be reading this in a uh, Alex Jones voice. <laughs> so I then went down to Paris, which was even worse. <laughs> Jesus. So half I, the people I saw were black or Arab. Oh God. All right. So that's how you pronounce it? Yeah, of course. That's how we pronounce it. I I don't. I don't so part of me thinks this has to be a troll, an internet troll. I mean, the last the last sentence, I couldn't wait to, for my trip to be over so I could get the hell out and back to Trump's freedom land. Like, this is a troll. So right? that's, what I, that's my first, like, oh, it's a troll. But then our president is a fucking internet troll. So maybe it's not a troll, and maybe this kind of hatred is just being spread around the internet. And now we're spreading it with our podcast. I feel kind of gross about that, to be honest. So the favorite answer, maybe we'll, maybe our feelings will be restored by this answer. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Okay. Honestly, I'm white British, and I would really appreciate if you never came to this country again, <laughs> as we're hopefully going to approve, and your kind isn't welcome. By the way, when English people see your big fat ass, white Americans, in your ugly socks and sandals, <laughs> we take the piss out of you, because uh, even your voices sound thick. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy being remembered for being on the wrong side of history when you're dead and gone. <laughs> That's uh, all right, I feel better. I feel better. Okay, fuck that too. guy, fuck that troll, and hooray for whoever this person was that uh, said that. Correct. So we decided uh-huh. uh, to bleep the brand new racial slur because I don't want to. Never heard of. That we'd never heard. I I just it didn't want to. It was definitely a racial slur. Yeah, it, I did want. We had a conversation. Like, was it just because they were bleeping out shit? Yeah. Uh, but we decided it was a racial slur. It was so. definitely a racial slur, and I I'm sad that I heard it. Um, but you know we don't want to spread it around. So if you never have to hear that word, yeah. congratulations to you, Indeed. my friend. Indeed. We you don't want to know what's around the river bend of racism. Speaking of racism, uh. Around the river bend. Indigenous Americans and Polynesians made contact with each other as early is as that, 1200. Wait. So is that multiple Nisians? <laughs> We're in a Polynesian re- relationship. Actually, I'm an ethical non monogamian <laughs> Oh, I can't. I can't with all those. Swipe left every time. (laughs) So the indigenous Americans and Polynesians made contact with each other as early as 1200 AD, centuries before the arrival of Europeans, a new study has found. You know, technically it's AD 1200. Is that right? AD is supposed to go before the the year. That wasn't correct because I was just reading. Yeah, yeah, no, I just, the the story that I pulled this from, I just, it popped in my head. I should have fixed it, but, uh, but we always do it wrong. We always say AD. 
and the AD goes before. Would it be like BC 1200 then too, or 1200 BC? No. So 1200 BC means 1200 before Christ. 1200 years you... or before Common Era, right? Uh, or that's BCE, yeah. which is what we're generally using now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and so if we used CE, which means Common Era, it would be 1200 CE. But the AD means Anno Domini, which uh -huh. means the year of our Lord 1200. And so that's oh. why AD should go beforehand. I always thought that AD stood for after death, like after Christ's Lots death. Lots of people do, but it doesn't. It's, wow. it's Latin. It's Anno Domini. Anno means year. Domini means uh, of our Lord, basically. So Good. the year we, of our Lord, 1200, is basically what that means. We learned a horrible thing minutes ago, and we learned a good thing uh, just now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, the ADBC thing, like, I've spent weeks trying to teach students this, and they just cannot get it. Yeah. It's. I really uh, like their song, Highway to Hell. <laughs> it's like my favorite it's a classic song what ad adbc adbc yeah it's a great band <laughs> it is that's that's yeah though they try to be more inclusive like the dixie chicks another so uh, uh bce ce <laughs> previously archaeologists believed that the two regions no wait wait now contact. they're just called now they're just called direct current <laughs> <laughs> They're LEDs now. <laughs> <laughs> Previously, archaeologists believe the two regions made early contact pointing to early widespread cultivation of South American plants in Polynesia, such as sweet potatoes. Ooh, sweet potatoes. Native, native to South America. I hate sweet potatoes. Uh, I generally don't. The only time I like it is when we get Japanese and they do... Um, um, sweet potatoes? What's it called when they deep fry things? Oh, um, tempura. Tempura, yeah. <laughs> that took me a so minute. They'll like cut it up into like a French fry shape and tempura batter it, and like it's that, and usually get that and some broccoli and some uh, zucchini and some uh, squash of some kind, usually like a butternut or an acorn, and like that way I like it. But that's literally the only way I, I will eat a sweet potato. It's interesting that I, I don't mind like butternut or acorn squash in a way. But I don't like sweet potatoes, even though they're kind of like the same flavor profile. But it's just, I remember the first time I, I, I had a sweet potato was we were at my grandma's brother's house mm. for dinner. And he was just like, oh, dear, try these sweet potatoes. And I was like, oh, I've never. He's like, no, you should try them. They're great. And like, he put some on my plate. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. But uh, I just, that was stuck in my memory for some reason i will say my my uh my daughter's grandpa makes really good sweet potatoes like he like mm -hmm. uh bakes them and then mashes them and like puts like this um sort of like crunchy sweet it, it's mm. it's really a dessert he puts this crunchy mm. sugary thing on the top and then bakes it again and it kind of caramelizes and that's very good um, mm. But, like, if you just, like, sweet potato fries, get out of my face. Don't, oh, I don't even oh, want them. Yeah, fuck off. Sweet if, potato fries. If get out of here. If that's all they have, I will eat them as long as they have vinegar. And I can I put won't. vinegar and salt on them. I'll, I'll eat nothing before sweet potato fries. Yeah. Uh, we, were so just, result... we were just talking about, I don't know if we were recording, we were just talking about how I, I don't really, I just eat anything. <laughs> like, I don't really have, like, the only reason I'm disappointed in food is, is with when it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Did we uh, talk about was we're recording when we talked about that? I don't think we were. I should definitely record sober one time. I should try <laughs> it once and see if I can remember the things. That's eh, not great. The results <laughs> of a genomic 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 yeah yeah okay study now confirmed that these groups did 
meet early on. And according to a paper published in the journal Nature, researchers found conclusive evidence wow. of these people meeting in the early uh, 11, 12, 1300 range. I guess I shouldn't have trash-talked sweet potato fries. They were eating them in the, the Polynesia. Yeah. Apparently. Moana was having some sweet potato fries. <laughs> Researchers analyzed the DNA of more than 800 individuals from 17 Polynesian islands and 15 ind indigenous American groups on the Pacific coast. People from several Polynesian islands, including Rapa Nui, which is uh, known as Easter Island, oh. uh, have genetic traces in their DNA linked to the Zinu, which is an indigenous group from Colombia. Wait a minute. I thought the Easter Island people disappeared. Didn't well, they? No, no. You just have to find them because it's Easter. So I thought, okay, maybe the maybe the original people that did the, the things, the, the big sculptures, they disappeared and more people came later. Yeah, maybe. Is what I'm thinking of. I don't, know. I don't know. Somebody should look it up. It's not going to be me. The study couldn't confirm. What the study couldn't confirm is how the encounter unfolded. Did the Polynesians voyage uh, like Moana to South America? Or Probably. Did, did South Americans drift thousands of miles to the Pacific? I don't. Why, why are the Polynesians voyaging, but the South Americans are drifting accidentally? Well, because Polynesians are known for their, like, double-hulled canoes and, like, their seafaring pass, whereas... South Americans didn't South have Americans, Well, not the same way. They weren't out floating around the same way because they have a giant continent and it wasn't something they had to do. All right. <laughs> the study is the latest evidence of prehistoric contact between indigenous Americas and Polynesians. So, you know, I guess those people that were protesting at Mount Rushmore... Um, when Trump was there and the pro-Trump people told them to go home even though they were Native Americans well now oh. they can say they can go back to Polynesia that's true they aren't from here god, wow. I hate, god I hate them so much so if we gave so if, so if, if we gave the, a Mount Rushmore back to the Native Americans what do you think they would do with it would they I don't know charge, charge more for entry that's probably true uh, because, like, like you would say, they're more conscious of our history, and they want to keep it there so we don't forget the racists. Well, the three, maybe the two out of four racists of Mount Rushmore, maybe. But even Lincoln was a racist. Let's get beyond that. Most neighbors, next story, most neighbors are fans of the peacock on Occidental Street, saying the sight of him brings joy to the monotony of life during quarantine. <laughs> This is a real peacock. This is just a statue. It's a real-life peacock. It's a statue of a peacock that was put there during the Civil Rights era. You know, it's a real peacock. Yeah. General P.E.Cock. Yeah. But for a few of these people, his presence is hell on earth. For the last 15 weeks or so, he has screamed relentlessly every day, <laughs> wrote Jesse T. on the uh, webpage Neighborhood. Uh, it's so loud inside my house, it literally feels like he is inside my house. I have moved out of my street-facing bedroom and have been sleeping on the floor on a camping air mattress ever since. I still get woken up at 4, 5, 6 a.m. many mornings. I, I knew a guy at work who was Japanese. I mean, he's still Japanese, but he was also Japanese at the time. 
and he was staying with somebody who had dogs and and this guy had never like stayed with dogs before um and uh i was asking like are you like how's everything going in that person's house like is everything okay and he told me he was like well every time i come home his dogs um i don't know how you say they scream at me <laughs> 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 like for translating from a different language you know to, from japanese to english that probably is the right translation screaming but it just sounded so funny they, they scream at me every time i come home like the dogs are going ah! <laughs> yeah, right so, so i i picture the the peacock yeah screaming like the goat oh oh trouble trouble <laughs> The city of Oakland received a noise complaint about the peacock and sent an animal control officer to uh, to the block to investigate, but no action was taken to relocate the bird. Jesus Christ. And yet, when they call the police on a black person, that person ends up arrested or dead. Well, the bird is blue. He is a and that's, bird. And that's the first thing they always say. I don't care if you're black or blue or green. Or... Oh, yeah. I heard somebody's um, response to that, and I won't do it justice now, but I know, like, I don't care if you're black or white or purple or polka dots or whatever. Like, it's, it's, you, you're putting black and white in there, and then you put purple and polka dots to say how absurd it is to be a different color than white. <laughs> it's absurd, <laughs> as absurd as being polka dotted. Anyway, this, uh, City of Vulcan, uh, you said that already. The bird called Bruce. Or, or Paco. Or Paco or Peter. Or Pierre. Or Abraham. Yeah, they haven't settled on a name yet. <laughs> Apparently not. He's believed to be feral. <laughs> and uh, rumors uh, say that he may be the same peacock that lived nearby until the resident who fed him moved. Yeah, you can't feed a loose peacock. You can't, I, just give, okay. you can't give food out to any cock. <laughs> you can't because they'll just keep coming back for more. You know what I'm saying? Coming back from more. There was a yeah. um a, a turkey, and I wouldn't say a wild turkey, but it was mm-hmm. just a turkey because I didn't know, like, <laughs> I didn't ask any questions. I didn't know how tame it was or whatever. But it just, like, walked across, the like, my patio in my backyard. I didn't sure put he's out. wild, or was he just on spring break? Maybe he was on spring break in Celine. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't ask him any questions, but I also didn't put any food out for him because I know, you know, he's just going to move along. So we had a, a wild turkey uh, that hung out at the crossroads not too far from us, like right around the corner. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Ipsa turkey. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so basically he, most people were calling him Whitaker the turkey because that was the name of the road that he kind of was on. And he would get out there and kind of like walk across the middle of the intersection and be a kind of pain in the ass sometimes. And, you know, people would get out of their car and try to shoo him. Which was always amusing because I was like, don't do that. He's going to fuck you up. And, <laughs> right. Like I saw this lady shoe him and he kind of ran away. And as soon as she turned to go back in her car, he chased her down. Oh, yeah. Because animals I was know. Like, yeah. I was like, get her. Get her. She should have <laughs> stayed in her car. Uh, <laughs> get, and, her, get that turkey hating bitch. <laughs> and I just got on my my like Facebook memories of three or four years ago. He was hit by a car. 
Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. During the 4th of July uh, weekend. I think somebody hit him on purpose. We were, oh, you don't accidentally hit that turkey. Like, you knew he was there. And our our daughter was very young at the time, and she loved the turkey. And, you know, we got an amusement out of it. And we were out of town on the weekend and got home to find that the turkey had been killed. And then there was, like, a Princess Diana fucking memorial for the turkey. Like, people with drawings and flowers and, like— it was ridiculous. In the arms of a turkey. I mean, Elton John was there singing A Candle in the Wind. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> how many times, how many I mean, people he, are, are going to die in his life, you think, where he's just going to like sing that song for them now? Because it was I mean, originally written for somebody that he knew before, right? Yeah, and there was Princess Diana. But though, to be fair, he did Crocodile Rock for the Crocodile Hunter. Oh, God damn it. Uh, the Peacock has a mask. Jason, you're, you're really doing it for me tonight, man. <laughs> Sometimes I'm quick on these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, like, none of this is pre-planned. Like, I don't write jokes beforehand. I didn't know this was where we were going to go with the conversation. Right. Like, I, I figured I'd probably talk about the turkey, but I didn't think of Elton John. Like, this is all, it's coming out of my mind my mouth as it comes out of my mind so yeah whereas i meticulously write down everything that i'm going to say <laughs> even that sentence has it, i have like a whole flow chart for every episode and if we start talking about elton john and then and then if jason makes a funny joke i'll say it's good and then if uh anyway you know where i'm going yeah. so you know so i just, saw the uh the the elton john biopic the rocket man oh yeah it, it was m- much better than I expected. Oh, I don't watch biopics. I don't like the them. The same was true of the um, Freddie Mercury yeah. biopic. Like, both of those I liked way more than I expected to. Like, I did not expect to like them at all. Yeah. And both of them, I was like, this is a really good movie. I enjoyed this a lot. So. Yeah. Why I don't like biopics, I think I've actually said this on the show before, but I don't like when when something happens off stage. And then they go to sing on stage and like someone's really mad at the main character. And so they're singing, but they're like looking mad at him and stuff. <laughs> I hate that part. <laughs> you hate that that might be a thing that actually happens. <laughs> yeah, because that wouldn't actually that happen. Per- that could... performance performers are going to perform and still like have personal feelings about other people. Really giving the... the guys the stink eye, you know, while they're singing. <laughs> uh, uh, the Pikachu has amassed quite a fan club. Some who live on the same block urge people to contact the city to voice their support for the Peacock. And messages of Peacock support are posted at the entrance to his habitat, including a haiku oh. and a child's drawing of the Peacock. Wow. And we said uh, Occidental Street. What city is this in? It's in, uh, uh, what's the O word? Uh, 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 Oakland. Oh, I thought you were going to come up with a new racial slur we never heard before. The O word. <laughs> okay, in Oakland. Okay, so <laughs> peafowl mm-hmm. are not native to California. I don't know if you guys knew this, but that the a peacock is just the male version, mm-hmm. and there's and the a pe- pe- peahen. Yeah, the peahen is does not have the big feathers because she's not trying to get fucked. She's trying to get fucked, but she's not like out looking for it. She, you know, she's she's more into water sports. Good one. Uh, so peafowl is actually like the name of the the animal. Yeah. The peafowl are not native to that, California. That's when you do it when you're, you're not ready and you don't have a safe word. <laughs> uh, nor are they native to the United States uh, at all, but they originated in the Indian subcontinent, not Native American, India. 
and Southeast Asia, though there are a few wild peacock populations in the United States. They're That's because people brought them as pets and then, you know, they, they got out. Yeah, and I just, it's peafowl, it's not peacock. Yeah. Uh, the peacock is not the only animal that's been emboldened during the quarantine period. In Oakland, a wild turkey called Gerald has been chasing visitors at the Morecambe Rose Garden. And in San Francisco, coyotes have been seen frolicking in yards and empty streets and even scaling rooftops. I've seen coyotes frolicking. I just it, saw a coyote at uh, at noon just the other day when I was letting my dog out. Well, were they doing parkour like these scaling rooftop coyotes of San Francisco? One of their coyotes is called Barkor. Parkour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my dog, my, so I have two dogs, the big one, Eva, and the small one, Callie. The big one, Eva, has always been ready to throw down at like fight with anything at any time like she's murdered little bunnies and like she used to fight with uh our friend's dog lucy and like she's just always ready so when i opened it was like noon i opened the door and eva like she tensed up and she went was like she was fucking ready to just murder this coyote i could tell like she girl you're 13 years old and who knows how old this coyote is, but I bet that coyote would whip your ass. <laughs> but she's still ready to like, you know, just, just, oh, she's ready to scrap at any time. I love it. She's very scrappy, just like her country. Young, scrappy, and hungry. Exactly. She's probably hungry too. She's very hungry. I don't, I don't think <laughs> she's 13. I don't think she likes eating the crunchy dog food anymore. Mm. I have this dog food that oh. um, she like doesn't really eat it very much. But if I mix it with water, this dog food, it, Bill Jack is not a sponsor. But you can mix it with water, and then it becomes like a kind of mushy little consistency. Mm-hmm. And she eats a lot of that. And she's very skinny, and so I worry about her. So I'm, you know, I always have our, to mix it with water. Our motherfucking dog, like he, he, we put the dry food in his bowl, and he wants wet food mixed with it. Like he does not want just, and so he will nose the entire bowl out onto the floor. Ugh. That's and annoying. It pisses me off so much. I'm like, fuck, shut the fuck up. Like, you get what I fucking give you. <laughs> right. You had half a fucking pancake this morning. You get <laughs> your goddamn dry food. Man, I so we're talking about the uh, much earlier. This was like three hours ago in the episode. We were talking about uh, like raging on things. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never actually hit my dogs, but I, no, no. man, I would punch that dog in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he was nosing the dry food out just because he didn't like it. Man, fuck you, dog. <laughs> oh, poor Callie. She's sitting next to me on the couch. She just looked at me like, Dad, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> yeah, well, you want some fucking good food? Go get a goddamn job. Buy your own goddamn food. <laughs> That's true. Mooch. That's true. A car this... crash Sunday <laughs> resulted in both drivers being arrested after police in Oregon discovered they both were driving stolen vehicles whoa new <laughs> newberg dundee police chased randy lee cooper who was 27 very important in a stolen land cruiser whoa stealing from the rich people uh before he careened into a buick regal stolen from an old person <laughs> or a poor person <laughs> yeah as he was attempting to elude officers i think they should also say like how old people are they should say how old the car is a land cruiser it's a 2018 yeah is that buick, buick regal 93 is it a 93 or is it a 2020? Because those are very different vehicles. Yeah, very different vehicles. <laughs> very different people who own those vehicles. Right, exactly. Well, police discovered that the driver of the Buick, 25-year-old Kristen Nicole Bigu. Okay, so it was an old Buick. Got it. 
Uh, oh, wait, un- no, that's the driver. Sorry, not the person that's she stole driver. it from. Was under the influence of intoxicants, and her vehicle had been reported stolen three weeks prior. Whoa. Cooper was arrested and charged with multiple crimes, of course, including assault and unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. That's the shittiest law I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> right? Unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. Yeah, because like, you could just do that at any time. You weren't authorized yeah. to do that. Yeah, if I'm hum- humping the tailpipe, is that unauthorized use of a motor vehicle? Yeah. If you're just on a scooter and, like, you park it in the wrong spot. Yeah, unauthorized use. Sorry. Go to prison. Uh, Begu was also arrested and charged with driving under the influence and unauthorized use of a motor vehicle. Oh, so they might have gotten both of the same charges. That, well, that kind of, you know, that's kind of shitty. I mean, they both, both are in stolen cars. That's, I guess, unauthorized. FTP, baby. FTP. First time parole? Fuck the police. Oh, gotcha. This is what puts me in the in the political compass thing. This is the kind of thing that puts me on the bottom left of the political compass. Fuck the police. So, Jason, what did we learn today? Well, we learned that apparently people aren't fucking enough because we're going to have a downturn in population, which, you know, great for global warming, bad for social programs. But definitely, either way, blame women for it. We also learned... Um, <laughs> That you can donate to your favorite Airbnb host, and they will just make money on you for doing nothing. Yeah, but who's going to do that? Uh, we are. We learned that Moana maybe met Pocahontas <laughs> just around the river bend at the place where the line and the sky meets the sea. Yeah. Also, we learned uh, there was a screaming feral peacock in Oakland. You say feral weird. Feral? Feral? Feral. Feral. Like a feral cat. Wild. <laughs> I've been told that I... I've been told that I assume the peacock screams. <laughs> we were that's at a... The, the, uh, the uh, Tasmanian devil. That's how he did it. He was feral. <laughs> we are not I mean, vibing with... just trying to find something to eat. <laughs> we are not vibing with... We, we had a big problem just now. All both talking... We did. We did. Because it's just the slightest bit of delay, you know, and so, like, we talk as the other person is already talking. And Anyway, the point is, it's all fine. Um, I was at a, a zoo one time. It's in Battle Creek. And uh, I'd finished my... Um, Five-year ten... park zoo? Yeah. I finished my 10 at night until 8 in, the, 8 in the morning shift and went with the other night shift people to the Minor Park Zoo after my shift. It was, like, 9 o'clock when they opened or whatever. Um, and we had been drinking because it was the end of our shift and it was very fun. But the point is, um, there was this kid, there was a, they had like, at the time they had peacocks, um, like kind of like running loose at the zoo or whatever. And there was this fucking kid that was trying to stomp on this peacock's feathers as it was running away. And my friend goes to the kid, be careful, they're poison. (laughs) (laughs) He like stopped and he like looked at her. And he, like, slowly walked back to his mom. But I wonder, like, this was like, a long time ago. I wonder if that kid still thinks that peacocks are poisonous. <laughs> Some stranger told him at a zoo one day. I hope so. I Me hope too, so. fucking kid. I hope we find out. Because, I mean, that was surely years ago. I hope we didn't find out until he was, like, 22 and in college and talking about it. And he's like, what? No. I, I... And then he tells the story. And everyone's like, you were fucking dumbass. <laughs> right. Uh, and we learned two fucking dumbasses stole cars, got in a car accident, and both got arrested. So, yay. What a coinkadink. Well, this hour has been an hour and 
34 minutes. We got to get this out, like under control, man. Yeah. And now for the encore, no one asked for. <laughs> Encores are such a weird thing. I think, um, I think maybe John, when I was seeing John Mayer in concert, he was like, all right, so that's the end of the, the concert, but here's a weird thing. So we're going to go off stage for a minute, and you guys are going to applaud, and then I'm going to come back out. So just hang tight, and this week we'll call it the encore. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are kind of like, oh, right, well, I'll play a few more, I guess. Right. So, well, I mean. Like comedians do that, too. Yeah. I think they started because, like, the, the way that I felt about it when they, when I was a kid was, like, you finish the concert. And they go off stage, and the crowd is just so enamored and so loud with their applause and their cheering that the person just feels compelled to come back out and say, "Oh, I'll just do yeah, a couple more songs." You're trying to convince them because you guys, yeah, because you guys like me so much. But it's just like every concert does it now, and it's dumb. Yeah, it's like tipping. Yeah, originally it was supposed to be like a, "Oh, you did a good job. Here's some extra money." Now it's expected, right? So same kind of thing. Right. So I. I went down a weird hole this week. Uh-oh. Don't tell as... your wife that. <laughs> she knows. No. <laughs> it was her weird hole. <laughs> I So I really like these hang, episodes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to... So the weird thing that just happened is somehow as I was saying that, yeah. I somehow triggered my iTunes. And so suddenly there was like a big loud Duh! after I said that joke. Oh, interesting. And, and then it like merged into the killers, Mr. Brightside. Oh, nice. Uh, so anyway, what were you saying? I you, forget. You really enjoyed something or other? Or? Oh, I really, I really like the, the episodes where we think we're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, these are for us, right? Yeah. We don't do this. Right. Not for this. So, uh, as I was concerned with supply chain, et cetera. And then the same day I got a Facebook ad or Facebook post from Zingerman's deli, mm-hmm. which I follow and, you know, they do some interesting things, uh, but they were advertising this uh, meat club. So but you got all these like monthly clubs, like for my wife, for mother's day, we got her a flower club. So for you know a few months, she got a flower delivery every month which was cool. Uh, we just got the last one uh, earlier this week. Uh, then there's like, we got a wine club. There's all these clubs where you pay a monthly thing and they send you stuff. Um, one of the ones I was looking into was a Japanese treats club. Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And it comes with a bunch of uh, different Kit Kats. Yeah. as like a bonus gift. So anyway. Which we know uh, we loved Kit Kats on this show. Uh, that lemon... Salt, what was it? Salted lemon or something like that? Do you yeah. remember that one? That was a good yeah. one. I, I remember how how nauseous I felt at the end and how I probably <laughs> can't eat Kit Kats ever again. I remember that. <laughs> those salted um, lemon ones, uh, you could make like those lemon bars that, that oh. like, you know, mm-hmm, millennials, mm-hmm. or not millennials, uh, boomers always make for their kids and for parties. <laughs> oh, they're so good, though. They are. Um, so, yeah, so they were advertising a meat club where you get a, like, it's like through a butcher shop in downtown Detroit and you get a variety of, you know, steaks or sausages or ground beef or like, you know, you get lamb chops, whatever the fuck they're sending you. Hey, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Exactly. What do you call a cow with no legs that, that spills out of a truck? Ground beef sliders. Ground beef sliders. (laughs) 
But this, and you know this because I, I started talking to you about this. This led me down the path of, as I looked into this butcher shop in downtown Detroit, they do beef shares. Beef shares? Where basically you buy half a cow. Oh. And then they cut it up for you and, you know, you get basically like 200 pounds of beef. So they say in- share the beef, but you could just buy it all yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you could buy a whole cow if you really wanted to, but most people don't because that's a lot. Yeah, which which like on, on the websites, because of... we were talking about it and I was looking at it too, and on the websites they called a whole cow a whole beef. <laughs> and the half well, of the cow was half beef. Half beef. Half beef, <laughs> no cheese. <laughs> so yeah, so like I went down this road and you sent me a really cool local farm uh, yeah. out of like Dundee, Michigan, and you know, they do organic and pasture grass and like all the things that you would want if you're going to eat meat that you would want to be the case. Right. BP Farms, by the way, not a sponsor. BP Farms, not a sponsor, but uh, I'm actually very strongly considering looking into it. So I've actually met the guy. The, yeah, I don't yeah, know that's... what his name is. His name's probably like Brian Pearson or something, BP, whatever. But he was the BP mm-hmm. Farms guy. I met him at some um, event in Milan and uh he was very nice yeah seemed was like he? A, was he seemed like a fine he was wearing overalls <laughs> he I seemed mean, like a real so farmer I, I basically read every page on their web page yeah oh really like, everything they had I, I read all of it so you really went down the uh, cow hole then huh i i was i was elbow deep in a cow's ass like i've seen dirty jobs the, you need to be shoulder deep shoulder deep that's yeah. what I meant. shoulder deep <laughs> I, i'm all the way in there no, well, I read I all get, the stuff and it seems I could get look get a good look at a butcher by sticking my arm up a cow's ass or 